morning. How we doing today? Doing all right? Yes. You know, first service was good. They bought your boy a towel. Had a little sweat towel going on. If I have not had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Eddie, and I get the great privilege of serving here as one of the pastors. Uh, uh, real quick, I just want to honor uh, my lead pastor, my friend, Pastor Justin. Uh, you know, uh, uh, really, uh, the, the contribution that you've made in my life. Uh, nine years ago, nine years ago, he's, he's bedside with me as, uh, as, as we're mourning the, 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 a stroke of my father, and, and he was there for us then. And, and just recently, uh, uh, Gabby and, and Pastor, Justin's, uh, Pastor Justin's wife and, and Pastor Justin during uh, their first uh, Valentine's Day uh, uh, married, you guys were bedside once again. Uh, as we were navigating the health issues with Catherine, but uh, I love you so much. Uh, you're not, not only my pastor, but my friend, and I'll tell you one thing. Uh, he's not perfect, and neither are you, and uh, none of us are. All of us are imperfect beings, meaning that everything that we do has a level of imperfection, but one thing that is true about this man, his zeal, his determination to see as many people reached and connected as possible. I admire you. I love you. Let's honor our pastor one more time. I want to kick things off with a family picture, and the reason I want to uh, uh, do this uh, this way is because we just had a, a family cruise. We just got back. That's why I'm a little swollen. It's all right, uh, but, 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 but I got water retention, a lot of salt, but, but what I noticed was these kids are wild, and it takes a village to, to really raise uh, children nowadays, and, and so if you see any of these jokers acting up, I need you to email me at eddie.rivera.theactionchurch.com. That's Christopher right there, my 15-year-old, uh, 15 years old, uh, varsity football at Winter Springs High School. Uh, Laura, varsity basketball. She's 16. They're Irish twins. They're 364 days apart. Uh, it was a recession. It was a recession at the time. <laughs> uh, 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 that's Mia. Uh, Pastor Justin says it all the time. If, if you have a problem with Gabby or with Mia, you're the problem. Uh, if you don't like them. And so uh, uh, this is not my daughter. This is my wife of 23 years, Nelsa. Uh, yeah, oh, my baby, my baby. I'm, I'm so in love. And then this right here, she's my, really my, one of my, my greatest inspirations in life. And you'll get to hear a little bit of her story. That's Catherine, my oldest, my 19-year-old. And I got one more uh, a pic I want to show you. Don't show it just yet because this one right here, this family member has been really giving me issues. I, I told you this uh, about two, two years ago that I was uh, struggling with this family member, and uh, 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 really the, the bitterness is becoming, if I'm being honest, uh, a little bit of hatred, a little bit of hatred, a little bit of hatred, and uh, uh, there's healing in confession, and so that's why I'm confessing it. This is the other family member here. Look, look at this thing. Oh, Coco. Oh, I can't stand Coco, man. I I can't stand Coco, uh, but, but be praying for me. That is, in fact, the thorn in my side, uh, but that is Coco. Chanel's a good girl, uh, but Coco is not. Uh, but, but real quick, real quick, family, before I, I begin my preaching presentation, uh, I want to just have a quick disclaimer. My tone, my delivery, my cadence, my pace may not line up with your taste. And uh, I was at a VA appointment about two years ago. I'm a former veteran, uh, Army, Airborne, Sergeant. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And I went to my first evaluation. I'm with the doctor, and she sits me down, and, and she asked me a question, and I answered her, and she says, oh, my God. I said, what, what happened? She says, are you deaf? And I said, I don't think so. She says, why are you yelling? And so, listen, this is just my authentic self. Uh, that's for somebody right here. Just be you. 
You never have to rehearse being you, but I say that because my volume, my cadence, my tone, my delivery may not line up with your preference. And, 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 and I don't want that to distract you because the reality is I really believe wholeheartedly, my, my whole heart, that God has something for every one of you in this room and the people that are watching online. I want to begin my preaching presentation by describing two roads. There's one road that leads to destruction and one, word, uh, one road that leads to life, but I don't want to use my words to describe them. I want to use the words of Jesus. Look what it says here. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. We have to recognize this, that God's desire is that everyone comes to the road that leads to life. On a recent trip to Miami, I went, it was about last month, I went with Catherine to see a concert down there. And uh, I dropped her off at the concert. I got about uh, six hours to kill. And I'm originally from Miami, Florida. And so I got this idea to go back to the old neighborhood. I got, the, I got this idea. I got a couple hours to kill. You know, let me see what has happened. Let me see if, uh, if there's been growth, if there's been development. And so I'm driving down 95, and I just began to think about all the losses I took and, and really God's faithfulness and, and, and how he would pull me out of such a, a, a hostile environment. And, and I was able to go to the service and, and how he would bless me with a level of competency and, and business and, 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 and be able to just bless me beyond I could ever Imagine, and I'm being honest, I'm like, man, God did. I'm, I'm just remembering his faithfulness, and I go to my neighborhood, and I go down my block. I whip the Denali in the block. Like, I'm, I'm feeling good, and I'm like, man, you know, all those teachers that said I would never amount to anything, I'm feeling a little bit of pride, and I'm feeling a little good coming back to the block. Yeah. And I come around, and I whip it around the corner, and I see my friend Dave Cope. Now, Dave Cole, I met him at the age of eight years old, and he was my, 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 my partner. I'm talking about, you see Dave Cole, you saw Eddie. You saw Eddie, you saw Dave Cole. And he was in the same spot where I left him 22 years ago. And I have this interaction with Dave Cole, and I'm hugging him, man. I'm telling him all that God has done in my life and telling him about my kids and telling him about my wife and all that's happening at the church and Fifteen minutes later, we have this interaction. Fifteen minutes later, I find myself having another interaction with a, a young girl that I grew up with who no longer is a young girl. She's a woman. And we have this, this moment where I just see pain in her eyes and, and hurt on her face. And um, she begins to cry, and I'm praying for her literally on the block that I used to do so much mischief and so much bad, and now the restoration, and I'm, I'm on this block, and I'm, I'm holding this young girl, like, and I'm praying for her, and she's just weeping. What a God moment. And I get back in my car, and I'm just like, I'm so rocked by the interaction that I had just had. So rocked by it. And I'm like, God, like, uh, wow, thank you for allowing me to see this. Thank you for allowing me to to, to, to witness this and to, to seeing them and, and for blessing them with the words and, and that you used, that you spoke to them through me. And, and, and I thank you, Lord. And he gives me this revelation. 
This revelation that I have for you this morning that all of us have been called, called by God to step into our purpose, to be in relationship with him. We're then called, once, we, once we're called, we're blessed. Blessed with power, blessed with authority, blessed with anointing. And then we're sent. We're sent from this road back to this road to help as many people as possible find the road which leads to life. It's very important that anytime God gives you revelation, that scripture backs it. I want to show you how clear not only the revelation was, but how clear the scripture was that tied to the revelation. Matthew 7, Luke 9, I'm sorry, Luke 9. When Jesus had, come on, it's on the screen. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He called them to be in relationship with him, to step into their purpose. He gave them, he blessed them, what? with power, with authority, with anointing, and then he sent them. He sent them back to this road to impact the people who are on this road. When I saw that, I, I couldn't believe the revelation and how it tied to Scripture. And I, I said, I got to share this with the church, and I was given this opportunity, and I asked God, all right, well, what do you want me to say thereafter? And he basically showed me that anytime there's kingdom advancement, we have to recognize that there's satanic opposition. Anytime you take a step towards God, the enemy is going to take a step towards you. And there are some things that the enemy will do. He has a real job description, which is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he has an arsenal of things that he will do against you to stop you from responding to the call. And one of the things he does is he distracts. Distraction. Write that down. Distraction. There is a fight for your attention. So a man thinks, there he goes, the Bible says. And there's a, a name for the enemy, and there's many names that, that the Bible gives of the enemy, that he's the accuser of the brethren, he's Satan, he's the adversary, he's a serpent, one of the words or one of the names that, 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 that the Bible gives for the enemy is Beelzebub. It's not a common one that you hear often of, but Beelzebub is one of the names given for the devil. And Beelzebub translated means Lord of the Flies. You see, flies, they won't kill you, but flies will distract you. And what the enemy does is he uses problems in your life to distract you. That the problem becomes so big that it, it blocks the grandness and the, the, the greatness of God. We see that when Peter steps out of the boat. He says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come and I'll go. And Jesus says, come. He steps out. He's walking on water. He's thriving. He, his attention is fixated on Jesus. But now the waves, the problems. And now he's fixated on the problems instead of Jesus, and he begins to sink. We're distracted by problems. We're also distracted by pleasures. Pleasures. The book of 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, talks about many people abandoning the faith 
for success or chasing the dollar. That the root of, 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 of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And this is where the enemy used to get me a ton. He used to get me a ton here. He would dangle this carrot. I didn't have much growing up. So when I, I became successful in, in businesses and I, I would chase the dollar. But just because it makes dollars doesn't mean it comes from God. We got to recognize that. And he will dangle these opportunities right now. As a matter of fact, anybody comes to me with an opportunity, I say no. Eddie, you want to do a business in this and that? No, no. Eddie, you're not interested in hearing the return? Not right now. And unless the Holy Spirit and my wife tell me, hey, that's it. Because remember, the enemy was an angel of light. He, he was, he, and, and so he comes not always looking as a serpent. He comes with opportunities, problems, pleasures. People will also distract as well. People. Uh-oh. What, what problems, what pleasures... What people are distracting you from stepping into a relationship with God and stepping into your purpose? Look what happens here in the book of Nehemiah. Look at this. He's called by God. There's a stirring in him to go and, and, and rebuild the wall in, in Jerusalem. And, and he steps out. And just as he steps out to do the, 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 the right thing, to carry out his assignment, not just an assignment, his assignment, He's met with opposition by people in an effort to distract him. Look at what it says in verse 5. The fifth time, not the first time, not the second time, the fifth time, Sambalit's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There's a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Gissom tells me it's true. There's nothing new under the sun, family. Is that, does that not happen in your life? Pastor Eddie, you know what I heard? Oh, yeah, what'd you hear it from? Oh, uh, Billy heard it from Johnny. And what? What? All the distraction, the, the flies, the flies. There's a rumor among the surrounding nations that Gissom, and Gissom tells me it's true, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you're building the wall. People question his motive. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there's a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I, just, I suggest that you come down and talk it over with me. Look at how he responded to the threat. Because people, again, will be used by the enemy to distract you from your call, from walking into your purpose. I replied, there's no truth in any part of your story. You're making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they would discourage us and stop the work. So I continued. I continued the work with even greater determination. We cannot allow distraction, whether it's problems, whether it's, it's, it's pleasures, or whether it's people, stop us from walking into a relationship with God and walking into our purpose. The enemy also uses deception. Distraction, deception. The book of Proverbs says that there's a way that appears to be right but leads to death. That there's a, a, a way that really, that people really believe that the way that they are going is the right way, but it leads to death. In the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul talks to the church. 
And he says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has bewitched you? To be bewitched is to be swindled, to buy into a lie. My wife Nelson, she almost bought into the lie a couple weeks ago. She got the phone call, you know, the the phone call, the IRS, and and then they say, hey, you know, you owe that. I need you to get uh, some gift cards, go to Target, get some gift cards. You're going to take the picture. And I don't even know how Nelson got it, but she caught up in it. She got caught up in it. I'm sorry, baby. It's all right. It's all right. She's looking at me like, what? I'm going to kill you. And my daughter said, baby, mom, I think, I think you're, you're, you're getting swindled here. And sure enough, she was, but she bought into it. Why? Because she heard it. And we got to recognize that the enemy in the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, it talks about him being the prince of the air. Look at this. Romans 10. Watch this. Faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the word of God. And so deception comes from what we're hearing. From the prince of the air. And I just want to ask you the question, what or who are you listening to? My daughter the other day, she was talking about something. I I said, baby, that don't sound right. I said, what what do you, I said, where'd you get that from? She said, TikTok. (laughs) I said, TikTok. You got to get this, family. Just because somebody has followers doesn't mean that they have truth. You got to recognize it. And you got all this nonsense out there, the oils and the rocks and the made-up ways and the made-up truths. The Bible says in the book of Romans that people traded the truth for a lie, worshiping the created and the creation instead of the creator. You see, God doesn't mind you having oils and rocks and all the other stuff. He just doesn't want the rocks, the oils, and the other stuff having you. That's idolatry. When you give more credit to the oil than you give to the power of God, you are being deceived. And you got to recognize that, that the serpent, he's, he's a snake. The enemy's a snake. What do you find in gardens? A snake. Yeah, it's not a trick question. A snake. A snake. So he comes so to you got to be aware of the distractions, Right? With people and, and with, with, with pleasures and with, with, with problems. But we got to be aware of the deception. So many made up ways and many truths. And just because it sounds good doesn't mean it's truth. And so how do we know if we're being deceived? Does the truth line up with the fruit? Does the word of God, does your actions line up with it? Does the fruit line up with the truth? Watch this in James. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who dilute themselves or deceive themselves. We got to be cautious. We got to be aware so that we're not deceived. And we got to look at our actions. Are our actions lining up with the truth of God? Distraction, deception, and another thing that will stop us from responding to the call, entering into a relationship with God, and walking into our purpose is procrastination. Procrastination assumes that the current opportunity in the present will be available at a later time. And that's not always the case. I tell the staff here often that opportunity doesn't always come at a convenient time. 
And so, so many times we, 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 we think that, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll give my life to God tomorrow. I'll, I'll walk into my purpose tomorrow. I'll, I'll identify my gifts and my talents and my abilities tomorrow. And it's always tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. And the enemy, he's a father of lies to make you buy into the fact, this idea that tomorrow's coming and you're good today. You could always do it tomorrow. But the book of Proverbs says, don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. He's the father of lies. This morning I was in my, my office. I'm praying and, and I'm, I'm looking at this collage. I got this big uh, uh, portrait and it has a collage of, of family. And man, just looking at like the past and so many people on the collage are dead. So many, so many of my family, my grandmas and, and my, my best of friends of mine. The Bible says, we're here today, gone tomorrow, here, but we're amidst but a vapor. We can't allow distraction or deception or procrastination to stop us from responding to the call and walking into our purpose. But what about the blessing? We've identified the call. What would stop us from that, from responding to the call? But what about the blessing? From receiving the power, the authority, the anointing. See, it's different. You can operate with gifts. You can operate with acquired skills and, and with talents and your personality. But power, authority from heaven, Heaven's resources, God's anointing, God's hand, God's favor. What will stop us from receiving that is the wrong heart, is the wrong heart, the wrong motive, our posture. The book of 1 Samuel, it talks about how, how, how man judges and sees the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. The book of Jeremiah talks about the heart being deceitful above all other things. And God wants us to have a heart of humility and love. For humility and love, that heart is the same heart that God has. The Bible says that there's an exchange. That he takes your heart and heart and he gives you a heart of flesh. I love what Craig Rochelle says. He says, serving is not what I do, a servant. Servant is who I am. And that is the, 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 the posture of, of the heart that we must have of humility and love, which is, is given to us as an example in Jesus. John 13. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and will return to God. So here it is. He's given power. He's given authority. What does he do with it? So he got up, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them, around him. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. The heart that is modeled right here, that Jesus models of humility and love, that is the posture that we should have, the heart we should have 
which activates and allows the authority and the power and the anointing to flow in and through us. That is the heart that we need to have. And if we don't have the right heart, we're not going to receive the power, the, 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 the authority and the anointing. But what about being sent? So we've covered call. What would stop us there? The, 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 the distraction, the deception, the procrastination. What would stop us from being blessed? The wrong heart. What about being sent? Our feelings and our preference. Our feelings or your feelings and your preference may not line up with the direction in which God is sending you to or to the group of people that he's sending you to. We see this in the book of, of Jonah. Minor prophet, not that it's any less significant than the others. It's just shorter writing. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Here's another man called by God. He responds to the call. He's blessed with power, with authority, with anointing, and God gives him direction. He says, go to, go, go to Nineveh. And what does he do? He goes to Tarshish, modern-day Iraq, the complete opposite direction. Why? Because of these people. You see, these people were acting uh, uh, just like the sin and, the, and what they were doing and how they were rebelling to God. Like he was like, no, they don't deserve the grace. They don't deserve the love. I'm not going there. But what happens to him? It cost him. We just read right now that he had to buy a ticket. And when we go contrary to the direction of God in our life, because of preference or feelings, we put those preferences and feelings above being obedient to God. What happens is it's always going to cost us. It also cost the people around us. The, the, the people that he was sailing with had to throw off precious cargo. What, what are you costing your family? Because of your disobedience. Because you're allowing preference and feelings to get in the way of God's direction in your life. We got to recognize this, family. Culture's beliefs and culture's direction can never become our beliefs and our direction. That direction and those beliefs lead to destruction. But make no mistake about it, you're called to be all up in culture. You're called to be all up in it. The Bible says, in the world but not of it. And that's what I love about this church. We're going to continue to reach and connect all people. But what about those people? Those people. Why? Because God loves them. God died for them. God wants to be in relationship with them. So many times because of preference and feelings, we don't want to mess up our reputation. I hear it all the time. Pastor Eddie, why do you let those kids sleep at your house? Pastor Eddie, why do you let your, your kids go to public school? Why? Because who else is going to be there? These kids that sleep in my house, they don't even have dads. So now I'm going to worry about, about being seen and what? What? No, we're called to be in the world but not of it, to be the salt, to be the light. See, people that they're hurting, they're confused. You see what even their beliefs are, you're like, what? But instead of getting mad, what if you had that heart saying they're deceived? 
God, how do you want to use me to bring about your, 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 your love? But make no mistake about it, love. But love coupled with, coupled with truth. That that way, that lifestyle, those decisions, those actions are not God's best for you. And that, that road leads to this, but there's a better way. There's a better way. We can't allow our preferences and our feelings to get in the way of that. And so what's the answer? We've heard it. This is the problem. Well, I've identified the problem of, of responding to the call, receiving the blessing, and now one says, so what do we have to do? We have to respond. We have to respond. Respond to the, to the voice of God, the word of God. When you hear him calling, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that when you hear the voice of God, don't harden your heart in response to it. So we respond. Respond by knowing who you are and where you are, that you are on a road that leads to destruction, that you are a sinner in need of a savior. Respond to the invitation to be in relationship with God through Christ Jesus and walk into your purpose. We also have to receive. We receive. Receive the anointing. Receive the power. Receive the authority. And we receive it by having a heart of appreciation and surrender. Because he saved you, that's why I take up your heart. That's why I take up the mission. That's why I take up the calling. That's why I take up the assignment because of what you did for me. Because it had not been for you, I know where I would be. So we respond, we receive, and when we're sent, we remember. Remember his goodness, his faithfulness, his power, his promises. We remember that he who has called you will see you too, see you through. Remember his love. Remember his sacrifice. The sacrifice that makes a way. I've been sharing uh, the journey that our family has been going on. My, uh, our oldest daughter, who's now 19, has suffered from lupus since the age of two. So 17 years we've been battling uh, health issues. And uh, the past few years have, have really been uh, difficult, really been difficult, and uh, hospitalizations, and she's finally, uh, she's gotten to the point that, that she needs a kidney, and uh, complete ren renal failure, and uh, I'm down in Miami, and, and, you know, we finally get this, this uh, her on the list, and I'm on that trip with her, and I'm in the hotel room, and I, I'm laying down, we have two beds, and her machine is in the middle, and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all throughout the night, the beeping and the, 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 the machine cleansing her and, 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 and keeping her alive. And I'm seeing this and I, I just this level of desperation as a father. And I remember getting in my car the next day and we're driving back up and I'm like, God, you need to come through. I, like, she's not going to make three years. She's not going to make three years. She's not going to make five years. Like, God, I, I need you. God, I need you. And uh, we're, we're, we're going through this process, and I'm like, God, we need you. Like, she's losing her cognitive thinking and her abilities, and she can't talk. She can't walk. She was like, God, I need, we need you, Lord. A night in the hospital, we thought we were going to lose her that night. God, I need you. 
It's desperation as a father seeing my daughter on a road that leads to imminent death. And I get a phone call from uh, a girl who was in the first service and I had the opportunity of marrying them. And uh, she's serving. She's actually serving right now. Second service. She was here in first service with her family. She says, I feel called to, to give your daughter my, my kidney. And she says, I've been going through the process. I've been talking with Nelson. We've gone through the process, and I'm a complete match. And in 10 days, on July 19th, her walking into her purpose and her calling will give my daughter life. I want to show you this picture. This is a, a picture I, I just spoke to her two days ago, and it's a tattoo on her left arm. And we have a saying here every single Sunday. We say it, it's somebody's someday. For many of you, today's your someday. And I was just talking with her two days ago. I said, Tori, you know, what has kept you? You know, you, so many testings and so much. I'm sure you've had so many people like, trying to talk you out of it. And, you know, and, and I've even tried to talk you out of it. And like, what has kept you? And she says, I would look at this. One day they, 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 they took out 12, they poked me 12 different times. And as I looked at this tattoo, I replaced somebody's with your daughter's name, Catherine's Someday. That is what motivated her to push through the fear to now go in, in 10 days to give one of her kidneys, to give life to my daughter. And I believe that's such a correlation on how God sees you. How he breaks for you. How he sees you as his son and as his daughter. And you're, 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 you're dying. And he's, he said, I, I need to do something. And just like Tori says, I'll go. Jesus says, I'll go. And you know what kept him on the cross? Knowing that someday would be your Sunday. Where you would put your trust in him and go from death to life by putting your faith in the one who is the way, the truth, and the life that his sacrifice. His sacrifice makes a way for you to live. But maybe you've accepted Jesus, but you've navigated this, this life and the betrayal and the hurt and the distractions and the, and the pleasures and the problems and, and the mishaps and, and the mis-expectations. You've had a hardened heart. You, you now have a hardened heart again. And today's your someday to recommit, to get the heart of Jesus and to be sent by him with power and authority and his anointing to accomplish your assignment and your part in assisting as many people to go from here to here. And I want to give you that opportunity right now with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in here today, this is not a 
words from a man. I really believe that this is a God-breathed sermon. The Holy Spirit is, is speaking to several of you right now, and today is your Sunday. You would acknowledge that you're a sinner. You're not perfect, that you've messed up, that you've allowed all these things to get in your way, and today's your day of putting your faith in Him. So if you're in here right now and you want to accept Jesus in your life and go from death to life, as a sign of faith, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Hallelujah, yes. Raise it high. Your day. Or maybe your day of recommitment right now. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. Hallelujah. God bless you, ma'am. Your day of recommitment right now. Exchanging your heart and heart for a heart of flesh. Thank you, sir. I see you in the back. God bless you. You can put down your hands. Say a prayer in your heart, something like this. As I say it out loud, God, I love you and I thank you. Thank you for loving me and for sending your son to die for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus, your Lord, come into my heart. Make me different. Allow me to love. Allow me to remain humble. Allow me to accomplish the assignment, your business, your agenda, your plan to bring you glory. And I pray for every other uh, person in this room and watching online, God, that you would bless them, that they would know that they have been called, that they have been blessed, that they are chosen, that they are favored, that they have you. So I just thank you, God, for what you're doing here in and through Action Church. To you be all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate those decisions, family.